Our scripture reading this afternoon comes from Luke chapter 24. And I'm going to read the first three verses of the chapter, and then I'm going to bump down. I'm going to skip a little bit to verse 13. But on the first day of the week at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. Let's skip ahead to verse 13. That very day, two of them, disciples of Jesus, were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, what is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still looking sad. Then one of them named Cleopas answered him, are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? And he said to them, what things? And they said to him, it's all about the Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning, and when they did not find his body, they came back saying, they had even seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said. But him, they did not see. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to be God. God. I read this um, passage uh, a couple years ago. And something hit me. Something hit me. Like I, I, hadn't, I hadn't seen. And the part I hadn't seen was like this. It's just really, uh, we have a seven-mile Jesus. Now, some of you are going to be like, yeah, I would like a 26.2-mile Jesus. A marathon Jesus. And some of you would be like, that's actually sort of sacrilegious. Um, I would like an ultra-marathoner Jesus. I'd like a century Jesus, 100-mile Jesus. But I read this, and it says we have a seven-mile Jesus. I'll read it to you. It's just the first part. It says that very day, two of them, disciples, right, were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. You have a seven-mile Jesus, and I have a seven-mile Jesus. Uh, I, I'm, I, I'm obsessed. If, if it's on History Channel, if it's on, um, if it's a documentary, if it's those Time Magazine things they put at Easter in the checkout, I'm like, I, I, I'm going to buy it, I'm going to look at it. And this is what I love is all the theories of Jesus' resurrection. Um, how can it be that he didn't really physically rise? And there are just tons of theories. 
And, and one of my favorite that probably has the most following, if you don't believe Jesus uh, was raised in a physical resurrection like John Updike said, one of my favorite theories is that he swooned. He fainted. So after being crucified, and, and I, look, I know they're kids, so I'm, I'm going to, I'll keep it family friendly. But it's like putting a pushpin through a photo of your bestie on the corkboard, except the Roman version, and it's Roman timber, okay? So you, you, you basically drill, it's, it's all right, it's all right. You basically drill holes, except you spike it in, and you know that little platform they have on crosses? Not our modern cubistic cross, but that little platform is what you're supposed to do is if, you're, if you get a break from the, the Roman nails and the spikes, is you kind of push up on your calves. It, it pulls the weight up off of the, the, the push pins, the Roman push pins. Um, but you can't do that a long time, and so, and so you sag. And so you push and you sag, and you push and you sag. And that's, it's kind of graphic, it's gross, I'll keep it clean, all right? They're saying after a Roman crucifixion, what they did is they wrapped his body up and they put him in a tomb, and he didn't just die, but like it, they thought he was dead. He was mostly dead, like in Princess Bride. He was mostly dead. <laughs> Um, uh, and what, what he did, he was just passed out, uh, barely, they, you know, barely breath. But what happened is um, uh, he came to, and his followers rolled the, tomb, uh, the stone away from the tomb, and, and they got him out of there. Plausible? Question mark. Plausible. Swoon theory. Fainted. Came to. Uh, recently, over spring break, I went to the Grand Canyon with my family. We went to the Bright Angel Trail, and uh, we hiked. And I, maybe I should put that in quotes. I hiked the Bright Angel <laughs> Trail uh, because when we got back, we realized that we went a mile and a half. And if you look at this big diagram of the, the Grand Canyon, of the depth of the Grand Canyon, um, it showed us like we did just a little sliver of it. And yet, after that hike, I was, I was so sore. The next day, this is just after my wimpy, bright angel hike, I was so sore. You couldn't even call me seven-step Tim, right? Like, like, I was so sore. Like, if you would said, Tim, you just had a really tough hike, old man. Um, do you want to go seven miles? I'd be like, if you can't say anything at all, just, you know, filter, filter, filter. Okay, no, I don't want to go on your hike. I don't want to go on your seven-mile jaunt, all right? You have a, a seven-mile Jesus, because this is what's crazy, is after a Roman crucifixion, he's like, a walk sounds great. <laughs> if he swooned, if he fainted, it's nonsense. You have a seven-mile Jesus, and I have a seven-mile Jesus, just like Updike's poem. If it wasn't molecules re-knitting themselves, what's that word he uses? Regathered themselves. The cells and the molecules. If they didn't do it, we have got nothing. You know what the Apostle Paul sees through? He's such a logical guy, and he looks through it, and he says, if the physical, if the physical resurrection isn't true, do you know what he says? We're to be pitied. We're a bunch of morons. Like, I'm just saying, if the, if the resurrection is not true in a physical resurrection, 
It doesn't matter. It's all a bunch of bunk. And I'm telling you, you have a risen physical Jesus, and he's a seven-mile Jesus. Okay, thank you, Tim. Thank you. I have a seven-mile Jesus. What does that mean? What is that? Yeah. That's crazy. Right, right. Yes. What does that do for me, buddy? Seven-mile Jesus? This is what Paul is talking about. I know, it's kind of funny. This is what he's talking about. Everything that I hate about myself, I'm talking about mentally. Uh, guys, guys, you got, some of you got this. Um, the mental anxiety and the spinning that goes on at 2 a.m. and 3 a.m. Come on, you guys get that. You guys know that you cannot control some of the weird chemical stuff that's going on here, and it has a massive impact on your life and the people you love. Right? Some of us know this. Some of us, like, we've had physical stuff. My back hurts when I sleep at night. It's only going to get worse. I'm going to have to replace my knees. I'm going to have arthritis. Like, it, it, it's, it's going to creak. You, you know what? I want a new body. I want all the parts that work. You know what? I have a seven-mile Jesus, and you have a seven-mile Jesus. Because one day, this mind and this body is being regathered. That's right. That's like an amen, by the way. That counts. That counts. We have a seven-mile Jesus. Think of this. All of the relationships that you have that are strained. Think of the friendships that have soured. Think of the business partnerships that kind of are not good now. I'll just filter my, it's family, it's a family service. Think of, think of your relationships with systems and politics and parties and, and governments. And think of how, how angry you get, like stuff's not working. Think of wars and the interactions and the straining internationally. I have a seven-mile Jesus, and you have a seven-mile who's making it right. That's our hope, because the resurrection is a real physical resurrection. Do you know what that's like? <laughs> I'm, I'm glad to be going back to the movies now. That's like me and you getting my 64-ounce unholy concoction of high fructose, fructose corn syrup in liquid form, and that barrel of popcorn that does not need the squirts of butter that I put on it, right? And I will sit my 48-year-old tub of a body, and you know what I'll do is I'll get there early, and I can't wait to do this. And I'm probably going to drink that Coke before the movie starts. <laughs> I am going to just, I, they're going to be like, who's that guy down the road? And I'm just, bah, bah. just like particles, like a wood chipper with popcorn. And you know what I'm going to be watching? I'm going to be watching a lot of previews. And those previews, you know what I'm going to do? <coughs> I want to, that sounds so, oh, oh, oh. I want to see that movie. 
I want to I want to see where that movie goes. I want to see that movie. Yeah, that's an amen. I love it. Do you know what Jesus' resurrection is? Because you're saying, that hasn't happened to me yet. Jesus' resurrection is the biggest movie preview of all time. Because I'm just, look, I'm just as cynical and skeptical as you. I know that when people die, they don't come back. But Jesus, our seven-mile Jesus, is that preview. It says, that's where my body's going. That's where my mind's going. That's where my heart's going. That's, that's where it's headed. You have a seven-mile Jesus, and I have a seven-mile Jesus. Praise him. He is risen. Right? Let's pray into that. And then let's get to worshiping. Jesus, um, if, if it's not real, I don't want any part of it. The church will fall, as John Updike said. I, I will bail on, I will quit being a pastor. But if it's real, make my heart bloom with this. Make the hearts of my friends bloom with this truth that you are the preview of what's happening to me. And everybody I love. Jesus, fill our hearts with worship by your spirit, we pray. Amen.